Hello, friends and church leaders. Welcome to another episode of the Effective Church Leaders Podcast, where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive. I'm your host, Becky Holton, and I'm joined by my co-host, the ever-loving Carrie Holton. Yes, you are. Good to see you today. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to share something you've been working on in just a few minutes, but first, let's do a really quick review of what we talked about in our last podcast episode. Okay. Well, let's wait and see what that's all about. (laughs) The suspense, Bill. (laughs) Don't worry. It's all good. Okay. Well, in our last episode, we began what we intend to be a several-episode series entitled How to Help Your Church Get Off Dead Center. That's right, because we believe there are many church leaders who may feel that their church is just stuck and unable to make any real progress. Furthermore, they may not know what to do about the general malaise that they feel is characterizing their church. Wow. That's a big word, honey, malaise. Yeah, I've been reading the dictionary. (laughs) No, what I mean is that, you know, many church leaders may have the suspicion that their church is just not feeling well. They're just kind of sickly. Perhaps there's a feeling of weakness there, and they don't know what to do about it. There's this sluggishness, like walking in molasses feeling. Right, right. Well... Well, <laughs> I got you with the molasses, didn't yes, I? Yes, <laughs> you did. Uh, so we, want, we wanted to suggest a few steps that those church leaders who felt stuck in molasses, uh, <laughs> that those church leaders may take to help their church get off of dead center. And our first suggestion, step one, if you will, is to rally around a mutually agreed upon and biblical mission. So in that first episode, we encouraged church leaders to answer this question for their church. Why do we exist? Yes, and we went out on a limb, but what we believe is a very sturdy one, mm-hmm. that the mission of every New Testament church, when it's a mission given by the Lord Jesus himself, is to make, exi- make disciples. That's exactly the reason we exist. Right. If step one is to identify the mission of the church and then call for everyone to align around that mission— What is step two? Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to introduce step two by asking you to share uh, something you've been working on and and, uh, working on for a little while. And I'd like to ask you to share this with our listeners. Uh, Recently, you told me your desire to put together what we could call a bucket list of sorts. Would you mind sharing this experience with us? No, I, I don't mind. Well, it all started... Uh, with the news I heard that a fellow minister died recently of COVID-19 in the Denver area. Right. Uh, We were not close friends, only acquaintances, really. We'd known him a long time. We just hadn't been very close to him, though. Yes. Uh, But his passing reminded me that no one of us is guaranteed tomorrow and that we are all going to die someday. Well, thank you, sunshine. (laughs) So anyway, I got to thinking about what I wanted to accomplish or become in whatever time I had left. And I hope this is not getting too morbid for our listeners. Maybe a little bit for your wife. Maybe a little too morbid for you, huh, babe? (laughs) Anyway, I thought, okay, uh, what if I have 15 years left? Incidentally, 15 years. Does that ring a bell? Hmm. Wasn't that old Hezekiah that was in the Old Testament that was all laying there all pouting on his bed with his face up against the wall, asking God to squeeze out 15 more years for him or something like that? That's right. That's right. That's a that's not a translation you might be familiar with. I No, I haven't heard that translation before, but it, it's a good uh, it's a good paraphrase. 
Well, I wonder what would, what would it be like if we knew how much time we had remaining in this life? I figure God actually gave Hezekiah a great blessing when he told him, okay, you've got 15 more years. Make the most of them. Yep. Anyway, I may not live another day. That's true. No one knows when it will be our time to move on to the next realm. But I got to thinking, if I were to live another 15 years, what would I want to accomplish in that time? So I put together a list of goals, a list of things that I want to accomplish in the next 15 years. Well, would you mind sharing a few, a few of those things that are on that list? Well, I'll share a few of those 15-year <laughs> goals. Uh, some of those goals are personal goals. Some are family and relationship goals. Others are spiritual goals, and others are financial and study goals. And I'll give you a few examples of what I wrote down. I want to develop a closer relationship with you. Yeah, baby. <laughs> with our children and their spouses and with our grandchildren. I, I want to be part of, a, of several discipling relationships over the next 15 years. I want to complete a three-column study of every book of the Bible. Oh, that's cool. And on a much lighter note, I, I want to pay off our home mortgage. In now, 15 don't you years. die before we do that one. <laughs> <laughs> I want to learn to play the drum set. Help me. Live. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're going to have to get some headphones or something. <laughs> oh. And by the way, I want to hike every trail in Rocky Mountain National Park. Oh, that's fun. Well, yes, every trail with the exception of the Long's Peak Trail. That one <laughs> scares me. So those are just some of my 15-year goals. And remember what they say about best laid plans. Man plans and God laughs or something like that. Hey, friends, as we mentioned last week, we have been working on an online version of the Effective Church Leaders Workshop. Normally, a church would invite us into their community for a weekend, and we would present this workshop in person. But as you know, the coronavirus has forced us all to adjust to something that is new, something we're not accustomed to. In our case, not being able to fly to certain locations and not being able to meet in groups, well, that's forced us to consider a few changes. And one of the changes we've been working on is putting the entire workshop online so that church leaders can access the content from the comfort of their own home or office. Filming is done. And editing is underway, I'm happy to say. We are excited about this new online resource, and we hope that you are too. We are aiming to launch this resource within the next four weeks. Now, that's an ambitious goal for us, but we are excited about what it might mean for church leaders all across the globe to be able to access this content online. We hope that you are thinking even now about making this online workshop part of your summer experience. We'll share more details later. And again, we are still available to do the workshop live and in person for your church leaders and churches. If an in-person workshop that helps you to build a more cohesive and high-performing leadership team sounds good to you, if it sounds of interest to you, let's begin a conversation. You may go to our website at effectivechurchleaders.com or contact us at hello at effectivechurchleaders.com for all the information. Now, let's get back to our conversation about how to help churches get off of dead center.
Well, the reason that I thought it would be good for you to share your recent experience is because I think it leads into what we want to talk about today. You seem to have some kind of picture of what you want to do in the in the near future. And that picture uh, may drive what you're going to plan to do and what you want to do. Although I did not hear the goal of you taking your wife to Europe in there anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that one in. Well, I hope that's a picture of what my future looks like. That's my intention anyway. Well, in the same way, I think church leaders need to have a picture of where they want to lead their church. And to be more specific, they need a picture of what they want people that they're leading to become, those those that they are walking with and shepherding, those in their sphere of influence. They need to have a picture of where they're leading them and how they want them to grow. So here is suggestion number two for helping your church get off of dead center. And that is determine what a follower of Jesus looks like. If the mission of the church is to make and grow followers of Jesus, then the leaders of that church need to know what a disciple or a follower of Jesus looks like. I like that. Our goal is to become more like Jesus, to grow to spiritual maturity, to the, to the measure of the full stature of Christ, Ephesians 4. For Christ to be formed in us, Galatians 4, to be transformed by the renewal of our mind, Paul said in Romans chapter 12, and to make Christ visible in our bodies, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And there are so many other New Testament passages that speak of our goal, the target that every Christian is aiming for, to become more like Jesus. Well, I want to develop this a little bit more and to talk about what this looks like. I mean, what does a disciple of Jesus look like? What does it look like to become like Jesus? We often say to people, go, grow, become like Jesus. What does that mean? It's so frustrating, I think, to be given this huge goal and not have the information that you need to be able to accomplish it, and that is to be like Jesus. I think you're right about that. I think we need to simplify, and actually, I think we just need to define what a follower of Jesus looks like in simple, clear terms. I wonder how many of us have actually thought about what it looks like for us to grow into the image of Jesus. Mm-hmm. What does a growing follower of Jesus do? What does a maturing follower of Jesus become over the course of a few years or over the course of a lifetime? I think this exercise, drawing a picture of what a follower of Jesus looks like, would be very useful to church leaders who are charged with the responsibility of helping Christians to mature in the Lord. I wonder, what might be some of the elements of spiritual growth? What might be some of the characteristics of a person who is becoming more like Jesus? What do you think? Well, it goes without saying that we should want to go to Scripture first to answer these questions. Sure. That's obvious. But among the many characteristics of followers of Jesus, I think we might well imagine that a person who is becoming more like Jesus is going to be a person that engages in Scripture study and prays and spends time with God, just being with him, not just knowing him, but being with him, uh, is a person that's others focused, a person that shares his or her faith, um, 
is a person that just is close to God as well as close to others. They know how to be a healthy person in relationship. Um, They understand his or her role in God's story. They understand they've been invited into God's story and they have a part to play. And they're willing to use their gifts that God has given them to serve others. They give generously. Um, You know, they're growing in all of these things. And I know this is not an exhaustive list. And it's not about having to be this perfectly perfect person. It is that they are growing toward Jesus in this way. For starters, I think that's a great list. Uh, you said some good things there uh, on things uh, things that Christians do when they are growing in Christ. That's what I'm trying to do. I know what you're trying to do to yes. grow more like Jesus toward Jesus. Right. Well, again, what we are saying here is that church leaders, they need to have a clear picture in their minds regarding what they want to see the followers of Jesus in their church become or do. You know, I guess one of my pet peeves is when someone says, here, I want you to go do this, but they don't tell me what to do, how to do it, what it's supposed to even look like. It's like trying to read those instructions that we get in 14 other languages. It is so frustrating when we are not told or guided or given direction on on how to become like Jesus. Excuse me. I think church leaders will want to help people that they're leading and shepherding to know how to grow like Jesus by, and a good way to do that is to identify a step-by-step path that helps people become devoted followers of Jesus. You know, we're talking about a process that leads to spiritual growth, and we have mentioned this many times before. Church leaders will want to identify a discipleship path. They will want to identify next steps toward becoming more and more like Jesus. They create this path. It's not just, here's a Bible, read it, figure it out. Here's a path. Do this, do this, add this. I think that's so helpful to people. Yeah. And what you just did for us was give us step three in this process of helping churches get off of dead center. Well, you're welcome. Well, <laughs> you know, the first step would be to, to have a, a, a clear picture of what a disciple or a follower of Jesus looks like. But this step three would be then, okay, we need to formulate a step-by-step discipleship path that helps people become more like Jesus. And by the way, I think people in our churches would appreciate such a well-defined path. I think people in our churches want to grow into the likeness of Jesus. They just may not know how that happens or the steps they need to take in order to allow the Spirit of God to form them into Christ-likeness. Yes. But if they had a clearly defined path and were able to track their progress, well, That would be a real gift that church leaders could give to their churches. Yes, and we're not encouraging leaders to make this stuff up. You know, we are talking about creating a path that is found in Scripture. Um, Church leaders, of course, need to go to the Bible to identify that path. Sure. You know, something that might help church leaders to identify that discipleship path would be to ask themselves and others a really interesting question. And that question is, how did you grow in Christ? What did you do or what occurred in your life that prompted your growth into the image of Jesus? And we might encourage our listeners just to reflect on that in this moment. What was it that made you grow in Christ? What was it that 
that pulled you toward Jesus. And my guess is that those who have been followers of Jesus for any length of time and have grown in Christ would be able to clearly point to certain actions or influence influences that help them grow. Yes, I think you're exactly right. Well, hon, we might say more about this step in our next podcast, but for now, why don't, we, why don't we wrap up this conversation? Let me review what we have discussed. We need a picture of what a follower of Jesus looks like, something to aim for. And then we need an intentional discipleship strategy that takes us to that target, a series of clearly defined steps that we can take which will lead us to the result we desire, and that's Christ-likeness. Okay, now it's my turn to ask you this question. Do you have any closing thoughts? No, I don't. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) No, we were talking about um, an exercise that we might want to leave our church leaders, listeners uh, with, and to get them started on this process. They might, uh, what they might do is they might identify just three to five steps which they feel people should be taking to become more like Jesus. And select and discuss just three to five next steps that people can take to become more devoted followers of Jesus. Some of those steps might be worship regularly with God's people or start a daily quiet time with God that involves Bible reading and prayer or uh, find someone or some way to serve others or tell just one person why Jesus and how Jesus has changed your life. Yes, and may I add uh, something that we've talked about over and over and that we want to leave with our listeners and remind ourselves of. The goal is to become more like Jesus. Yes. That's our goal. And it's not something we do. We we walk toward, but we lean on God's Spirit to help us. Oh, of course. Absolutely. But we, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had some next steps that took us yes, to Christ-likeness? Absolutely. And clearly defined steps. Okay. Well, that's enough for today, folks. We hope you have heard some things that you feel might be useful to you as a church leader. As always, thank you for listening to the Effective Church Leaders podcast where we offer practical advice and insights to help you get better equipped, lead more effectively, and help your church thrive.